money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. We get to do the market update every single time we get together at Texas Rio. So I get to show you what happened last year and what is expected to happen this year. So the full year results for uh, Texas for 2021, the sales were up. They were up 6.1%, which probably doesn't sound like a whole lot. But let me tell you, if we would have had more inventory, do you think we would have sold a few more houses? The answer is without a doubt. So we're constrained in terms of the sales growth by the inventory that we have. So I told you that we sold, uh, right, we sold 416,000 units last year. And if we're only adding another 10,000 houses, right, are we even going to make a dent in the inventory? And the answer is no. And that's why we're seeing these huge increases in year-over-year sales volume, right? So last year we finished up, or I'm sorry, uh, average price. So last year our average price was up 18.1% to $372,700. Our full year forecast for sales uh, as we finish out 2022 is that our expected sales are going to be up 5%. It's going to be hard for us to pull that out again because of the limited amount of inventory we have. And I'll just give you um, some data to just kind of make, give you some perspective on this. So our 40-year average for months of inventory is about six months of inventory. Right now, in some cities in Texas, we've got 1.4 months of inventory. In other cities in Texas, we've got about 0.6 months of inventory. What does that mean, months of inventory? You guys are probably all familiar with this concept of days on market, right? How long before it takes not to close, but to, to go from active to go under contract. That's days on market stats. That considers the lucky ones that actually make it to the finish line. The months of inventory becomes very important as we are in an over-inventory situation, which is what we had in 2008. And that's why we saw that price drop for the United States, right? We were in an over-inventory situation. But right now at 1.4 roughly months of inventory, we have, uh, if we stop listing houses today in exactly 1.4 months, we'd be completely out of houses for sale versus in a normal market, if we stop listing houses today, we'd have at least six months of inventory to sell. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you follow, do you follow what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons, the lack of inventory is one of the reasons why we won't have a huge sales volume gain, but that lack of inventory and all of the other factors that are bringing people to Texas and making them buy here is one of the reasons why we will see an increase in average price again next year, probably in the range of about 20%. So I want to go ahead and go over the full year data for Texas last year, which is on the top of this slide. So you can see um, some of those numbers that I picked out and showed you at the top on, from the last slide. But if you look at the bottom part of the slide, the 2022 forecast, sales volume up 5%, average price up 20%. But I also want to break down all of the major markets that are here in Texas. So we'll start with San Antonio. Uh, so the January 2022 versus the January 2021 numbers, average price was up 17% to 351000 
Sales last month were down in San Antonio, but only down 1%. And remember that they're also operating on about 1.3 month supply of inventory. So sometimes you're gonna see some uh, uh, up and down movement there when it comes to total sales volume. The forecast for 2022 for San Antonio, the sales should be up in the three to 5% range. Last year, 2021, they were up about 5%, but San Antonio inventory has also been going down very consistently. The average price last year in San Antonio was up 16%. I'm forecasting that that average price will be up even more in San Antonio, again, because of the lack of inventory. In Austin, uh, they have not yet uh, released the January data. They're usually the last ones to uh, release that, but I'll focus on the bottom part of the, uh, the uh, slide here that talks about the 2021 actual. So last year, Austin pulled out a 2.5% increase in sales, which I think is a miracle considering that they started and ended the year at 0.6 months of inventory. Basically, two weeks supply of inventory. Every house in that market is, has an offer above list price, multiple offers the same day that it's listed. In fact, in Austin, housing uh, last year, houses sold at about 105% of their list price. Think about that. Got happy sellers. That's right. That's right. Uh, unless you have to buy another house, uh, then you're then you're then you're stressing a little bit. Uh, but what is that? What I want that to tell you is your deal is not on the MLS, right? On average, last year houses sold in all of Texas at about 99.1 percent of the list price. So if you're thinking you're going to find your next real estate deal on the MLS, unless you're going to hold it for a long time, right? Uh, you're you're going to be in, in a little bit of trouble. The forecast for Austin for 2022, uh, gosh, if Austin can pull out another increase, it will be close, but I'm, I'm uh, hoping that it's going to be up by about 2%. And again, in light of uh, the little inventory that's there, that's gonna be, it's going to be harder than it sounds, right? And then the forecast for the average sales price uh, last year was up 29.3%. Uh, Expect the same to happen as we go into and finish 2022. Uh, the Dallas market, uh, this is the January uh, 2022 numbers. Average price was uh, not uh, 42.11, but 4.21, so sorry about that. It was up 17% uh, year over year. Uh, right now, Dallas is operating on a 1.4-month supply of inventory of homes for sale. Last year, Dallas was the only major market in Texas where the sales were down year over year but they were only down by about 1%. Uh, and also I can attribute that to that uh, very low inventory as well. But that average price was up 20% year over year. The forecast for 2022 uh, sales I'm hoping will be up uh, one to 3%. Um, uh, so we'll continue to, to watch that. Last month in January, the sales were actually up 4%, which is a big gain, but if you look at the pending sales in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see that those are significantly down versus where they were in 2021. Uh, uh, average price uh, increase for 2022, up 18 to 20% at least. And in Houston, Texas, my friends, uh, uh, and I, I apologize, this is another typo on my part, but that should be, uh, I think it's 482 for the average price, up 16% year over year, median price, that's correct, at 310. 
Uh, months of inventory right now in Houston, a 1.4 month supply of inventory. Closed sales were up last month 7%, uh, but the pending sales, that's the big story here, up 16% year over year and on very few listings. So listings are down, total active listings down 14%. In 2021, Houston ended the year at a 10.3% increase in sales, which is the largest of any of the major markets in Texas. Uh, but their average price, while it was up, it was up kind of on the lower range versus all of the other major markets in Texas. And the forecast for uh, this year uh, for uh, Houston is sales are expected to be up in that same range. You can see we're down in terms of months of inventory from 1.7 months right now to 1.4 months. And that forecast average price should be up again in that 10 to 15% range as well. So it's a great outlook for all of Texas, all the major markets in Texas, in spite of the fact that we will have an increase in interest rates. And um, one stat that I wanted to share with you guys, and literally I pulled this as I was walking in here, so I um, only have it on my phone, but I do want to make sure and share that with you guys. So let me just grab that really quickly. And that is this. Uh, which housing segment in Houston do you think had the biggest increase year over year? $200,000 homes, $300,000 homes, half million dollar homes, or million dollar homes? 999 and above increased 47.1% year over year. Uh, 499 to 999 increased 36.1%. Um, above a million increased 52.2%. With all those numbers, why did we only see an increase in sales up 7%? Why do you think? Because houses under 100,000 decreased 36%, houses between 100 and 150,000 decreased 41%, and houses between 150,000 and 249,000 decreased 34%. So what does that tell you about the mix shift that is going on here? and the availability of inventory shifts. Now, truth be told, are there any houses that are really sub 100,000 in the used to market? The answer is no, right? And there's hardly any in that 100 to 150 range. And, and now we even have very little in that 150 to $250,000 range. You can't afford to build a house right now for really less than 250 to $300,000, right? Because of the cost of labor, because of the cost of material. So, and, and then all of these people that are doing a million dollars and above, they're still coming here and looking at this as, as a deal. And what also might uh, some of this fear about interest rates uh, cause us to see before interest rates actually do rise? We better buy now, honey, before those interest rates go up and before we can't afford as much. So you'll see a little bit of a race to the finish line uh, before those interest rates go up. And then as those interest rates go up, you might see a little bit of a lull. You're not going to see a big price increase, again, because we have the demand. We don't have the inventory. Was this helpful to you guys to understand where the market is? Okay, awesome, wonderful. So, guys, I want to make a special announcement as we go through the next part of this session. And that is to let you know that uh, as part of Texas RIA's one of the things that we had an opportunity to do is rethink how we fulfill membership into the RIA. 
So uh, when I first started investing in real estate, uh, the way that I learned was every month I'd go back and we'd learn for about three hours, just kind of like we're gonna, what we're going to do tonight. And basically what that means for you guys is after about three years, you're going to have enough information to do what? Be a real estate investor. How many of you guys want to wait between one to three years to have enough information to be a real estate investor? Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's exactly right. I think that none of you, right? Now is good and so is now, right? So we had an opportunity over the last two years to rethink how we fulfill our membership into Texas Rias. And what we've done is instead of saying, hey, come back every single month and enjoy a three-hour presentation, we'll give you a little bit more about real estate investing, we basically put it all into one weekend training, and we've got one coming up. And uh, what that looks like is we'll go over the different strategies that we've used to uh, not have to update our resume over the last almost two decades. We're going to go through the different marketing campaigns because I mentioned that you're not going to find your deal on the MLS, right? It doesn't exist there anymore. There's so little inventory, it's, it's almost impossible for a retail buyer even to find their house on the MLS right now. So we're going to talk about some of the uh, uh, marketing campaigns to be able to find those off market deals. Uh, We'll also talk about some of the closing scripts. So we've spent a lot of time talking to a lot of sellers. We've spent a lot of time reading books like Chris Voss, uh, Exactly What to Say, uh, and the Phil Jones book, Exactly What to Say, to be able to get the exact right words to bring a seller back to life uh, who's ghosting you, or to be able to find the exact words to say to do um, probably one of my favorite things. is not a favorite thing to do, but it happens that we have to do accusation audits as real estate investor. And say some really uncomfortable things, but sometimes saying those, airing those uncomfortable things allows us to get those deals. So we'll talk about those scripts. We'll also talk about what it looks like to partner with uh, many of the local experts that are part of the Investor Association. And we'll talk about making sure you guys have access to all the funds that you need for all the good deals that you have. So we are doing this right now, and you guys can get signed up either using the QR code that's right behind me uh, or, going on your, um, uh, or going in your browser to texasstarterkit.com, texasstarterkit.com. And the cool thing that we're doing right now, and this is something I committed to Phil, my husband, who you guys will get to meet in a minute, is I said, as long as people are still wearing masks, we're going to do this for free. And for some reason, people keep showing up to the meeting wearing masks. And I don't know if it's just because they heard that I was going to do this meeting for free while we were kind of in this upside-down world. Uh, But I think after uh, March, we're going to start charging again. So if you would like to join us, uh, we have some dates coming up, uh, including February 25th, 26th, and 27th in Houston. Uh, In Austin, so we're doing a Texas tour. So in Austin, March 11th, 12th, and 13th. And in Dallas and Fort Worth, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And you guys, again, can get signed up at TexasStarterKit.com. If you go there, you will see what availability for which training and which locations that we have ready for you guys. And you guys can sign up. You can come in person, so you get to meet us, you get to network with us, uh, you get to kind of have these different hallway conversations with us. But if you don't want to do that, you are more than welcome to uh, uh, join us online. So we simulcast uh, live uh, during the meeting, so you can uh, do it both ways. You can come uh, uh, in person uh, or uh, online on Friday. You can come in person Saturday, Sunday. Uh, but if you want the best opportunity out of this weekend, out of this training, then you'll want to come live uh, and in person uh, throughout the entire weekend. Yes, sir. 
So the question, the question is, how many of the hedge fund buyers or um, the institutional buyers are coming in and buying rental properties um, as a percentage of the whole? Yes. So the other, the other, the other comment was that we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be seeing more foreclosures because the moratoriums have been lifted, and the moratoriums have actually been lifted for a while now. But what's the difference? But what's the difference between this market versus the market that we had in 2008? Inventory, right? Inventory, does that make a difference? If you go back and look at the inventory chart, and again, if you want to see exactly what it looks like, just go to the Texas A&M Real Estate Center and they'll show you this, this exact number. We had somewhere between nine and 10 months of inventory in 2008. Right now we have 1.4 months of inventory. Let me finish. In 2008, 2009, 2010, property values were pretty much flat in Texas. What's gone on? Uh, while all of these people have stopped making payments for the last two years, what's gone on with their, the value of their house? Gone up. Gone up by how much percent? Do you want me to roll that screen back? It's gone up by 20 or more percent. Do these people have more opportunity today than what they had if they were in the same situation in 2008? Oh, yes, they do. Worst case scenario? I'm, going, I'm losing it to foreclosure. I'm going to call a realtor. This is the one market that they could actually get it sold like that. And probably for above what they were thinking that they were going to get. It is a different situation today than what it was in 2008. Thank God. <laughs> so he said most of the people are, who are going to lose their house, that's wonderful. Then that's more opportunity for us as real estate investors. It's a beautiful thing, right? Either, either way. And, and you know what's beautiful about this versus the last time? The last time I was giving the seller just a couple hundred bucks to be able to move out because there was no equity, in some cases negative equity, and we were trying to figure out solutions and strategies for that. This time I actually get to put money in their pockets and it feels amazing. They didn't have that situation. We are in a completely different market today than we were 14 years ago. It's inventory. It's in, in, in 2008, interest rates were about 7%. Do you guys remember that? And even though, oh my gosh, they're about to go up, they're still not really going up that much relative to what we have. Guys, it is a different market. Different opportunities, different disruptions, right? Oh, there's a quote that I love. I'm probably going to mess it up. Uh, John Kennedy said this. He said, the way that, um, uh, in Chinese, that they um, write out the word crisis is opportunity. And somebody else who knows this can help me. Really? Okay. <laughs> Great. It's, it's, it's a combination of opportunity and threat, right? It's a combination of those two things. Do we have a disruption right now? Yes. Does it create opportunity for us? Yes. Has it always done that for us? Yes. Is it our job as creative real estate investors to figure that out and to understand the dynamics of the market and how the market dynamics change over time? This is not what we saw back in 2008. That foreclosure moratorium has been lifted for a long time now. It is a different scenario today than it ever was, and it creates both opportunities as well as challenges for us, right? So we'll talk about how you solve for those given where we are in the market today.
Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.